think what we should talk about. When yeah. you have five, let's say you have five people in a crew, they're working together, yeah. and you have to account for each person's role in the group, right? Each cog in the machine, right? And but also their personalities, so not just yeah. what they bring to the table, and then. I think bands break down because you're all in it and you're like, wow, we're, we're, we have this goal. We, we, we're on this song we like, this album. We're, we're, we're all excited by it. But then somebody starts getting a little bit of an ego and like, well, I'm the lead singer. I'm the reason why that song was a hit. Right. I'm the reason why we're popular. And then somebody else says, but I'm the reason. But it starts, and, and, but it starts, we'll, but it starts before the, No. So my point, though, is that you stop listening because you're valuing what you're bringing to the table more than the other members. And when that starts happening, so you, so unless you have something that's very deferential, that's like, you know what, I really appreciate what these two are bringing, I'm going to step back. And I think with bands that I look at, and we'll just use the Stones, I'm a Stones fan, like Jagger and Richards, people like, well... You need people like Bill Wyman and Charlie Watts to kind of who are good musicians that are contributing, but they're going to sit back and let these guys kind of guide the the ship. But they're still needed. A Ron Wood is still needed on guitar because he's adding the way he plays. There's some, but he's also chill enough that he doesn't feel threatened by Jagger and Richards and. I would argue that Mick probably has the biggest personality, but they also, as a collect, the other four guys also understand that what Jagger's bringing to the table may be a big ingredient, but without the other guys, it's just Jagger solo. There's a huge difference. Well, he tried that. Well, he still does. <laughs> I, I, and there's some albums I like by Jagger, but Wandering Spirit is actually a fantastic album. If you're a Stones fan and you don't like Jagger solo, go get Wandering Spirit. It's phenomenal. It's a great album back to front. And you, if you understand this as a coach, there, I think there are coaches that are just like, I'm Jagger. Like Jagger appreciates what Keith and everybody else brings to the table because if he didn't, they wouldn't be the stones, right? He keeps bringing them back. Now, obviously, um, Bill Wyman's out for But you could years, argue but that Jagger, Jagger needs the stones for his own edification. And but why does he need them? Because but because there's an, there's they're bringing something to the mix, yeah. But they're leaving him enough space to still be. But need. I think he also knows that those people have fans, right? Those people have fans. It's not. There's it's that's the weirdest part about these mega groups is that there's the band fans just love the band, but then they create these subgroups of fans. Oh, right? there's, there's Charlie Watts drummer fans. Absolutely. Right. Yes. And, and but but the bass players and the drummers are usually but I but I would but I would say that the other thing that you that I think it starts a lot sooner than a little bit of an ego. I think it starts with a creative disagreement on the songs, the direction of the songs, the content of the songs, and you get dissatisfied people within the group that are like, I can't believe we put that song in the album. I can't stand that song. And I don't want it there. And they really don't want it there. And the problem is, is that they're kind of forced into having it there and they cringe about it. And whether you have the big ingredient or you have the little ingredient you're all part of the ingredients of the makeup of those songs and so the problem becomes that you resent there's like a deep resentment there for that and it's like well i know you're the biggest and i know that's what you guys wanted but you do you're not even listening to my point that song and that style was sloppy or it's not us or it's not what we were thinking about or it's not whatever why are we still doing it and they're like because you know my vocals sound great on that or the guitar or you know this is a great song besides we got to fill the album we got to fill the album now now you no longer have to fill the album but i'm just saying like so if we bring that back to tennis you know so I think what you seem to be saying, though, is that, but the difference is that usually a pro, there are pros that are solo acts, right, that are out there, and they're 
They teach in the summer. They teach on public courts, right? Well, can we just stop there? We're not solo acts because we have, whether we like it or not, our student, I think, is part of our group. It's part of our band. Right. Because that's the concept we spoke about earlier about teaching at versus teaching with. Right. So if you're in a band or musical group. Right. We're old school. We're always in a band. but, But if you're in old school, if you're in a group and you're like, nope. It's my way, and I don't care what anybody brings to the table. Then that's called a solo act, right? Right? You're not in a group. <laughs> you basically are. When we went to see Barry uh, Manilow, and I was just floored by everybody who was ch- reading charts. That <laughs> was like, well, clearly they're I mean, hired guns. There's nothing more guns. that sends a signal that says I'm you know, I'm me, it's me and nobody else than having a bunch of dispassionate musicians who don't know the song reading off of a chart. Do, do, doesn't he write uh, the entire time? <laughs> D- didn't he write, I write the songs that the whole world sings. Right, right, right. Is that one of his songs? I, I don't know. I, I can't remember. I, I, oh, it seems that's, like, I can hear it. I write the songs that the whole world sings. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> that, but, no, hold on. Isn't that, Right, that sort of speaks volumes. But so, <clears throat> I, 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 uh, I think what we need to do is bring it back for people because we had this is our third conversation talking about internal commentator, and the internal commentator is basically just a bare bones analogy to a sports commentator that is interfering with your ability to enjoy or process Process. what's going on at the moment so for sports fans out there and you're watching a sport and you're just enjoying like the rhythm and the game or watching it the artistry of it or the particular movement or the ball or whatever you're watching but then you've got this commentator that's off on the side that's like yeah well uh, you know that last season he had a he had his knee scoped and uh boy We'll see what he's doing today. I don't know. I saw him on the sidelines. What did you think? Uh, did you think, well, I saw him in the trials. He seemed like he was pretty good. And in practice, we've got some of the game film. And you're just like, and and then all of a sudden they're like, and there's the play. And <clears throat> you're trying to enjoy the thing, but now you're thinking about his knee and the scoping of his knee and how's that going to affect his performance and, and all this other stuff. So now you've got this rattling around in your head, but it's, arguably taking away for your from your enjoyment but we've gotten so used to thinking that that's part of our enjoyment that we've conditioned ourselves well it's not just internal commentator for like maybe whatever your emotional issues are or psychological right there's also the external commentator which is the coach barking at you right you know and and i had and i think i don't know if i have said this to you earlier and if i'm repeating myself i apologize I've asked kids all the time, and this is, I did this years ago because it's like, you know, I think I'm talking way too much in my lessons and I'm not accounting for their processing. Right. That was, and again, I'm trying to learn. What, well, how did you come to that conclusion? They weren't getting it. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't getting any better. They weren't getting Boy, any better. Well, that was a total setup. I didn't wow, expect that. Yeah, yeah. No, listen, yeah. I'm just going to own it. So how did you come to that conclusion? Uh, they were still bad. <laughs> they were, I was like, wow, I'm like the worst coach ever. Um, and I said, so when you guys are on the playing soccer, because everyone freaking plays soccer. Right. And again, nothing against soccer. <laughs> right, nice. Except for the sound effects. Oh my lord! So I'd say, hey, when everyone's ye- when your coach is yelling at you on the sidelines and you're playing, what do you hear? And they were like, blah, 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 blah. nothing. Right. When your parents are screaming like, what you should do, like, I don't hear anything. I'm focused on the game. Right. Right. And you're like, okay. So you know what that is? That's theater. That that's external commentary for the people that, that make themselves feel better, and well, but or there the coach, is some or the coach. They do, but they are at some level trying to, trying to desperately direct the game. But they're not directing anything. I know no one's listening. Right. Th- that, that's right. There's the irony. Right. That you think you're like you like. See, I, good thing I told you to pass that ball. You know when you were dribbling down the field, and you're like, I, unless I, you're the mom who interjects herself in the middle of my son's match by screaming at the kid at my kid dude that was so out 
And in a tennis match, it's not the same because you don't have a bunch of cheering parents or whatever. You have silence pretty much except for the ball and a, and sometimes a kid will grunt or sometimes whatever and then interjects yourself and try and basically blows up the game because she thinks my kid's cheating and she's going to she's going to ref this game even though she's not a sanctioned ref she's going to ref this game she's going to make those line calls <laughs> and then you do have an external commentator interrupting and being heard and blowing up the game basically. So I think though, that's not what I was, okay. But I guess my point was that they're, they're, they're not being heard. And so with an incident like that, and I, you know, like I said, I don't, that's, that's conduct and that's not following the rules for me. It's what's the point of all this theater if there's no benefit to it. If, if it's distracting from, that's not theater. That That's someone that her self-esteem is attached to how and whether or not right. her kid wins or loses. So right. she needs some help. We need some therapy there. <laughs> and, and I know a lot of, I've, I've had my share of therapy. Reach out, I'll get you a good name. <laughs> um, but what happens is we have this thing where, and I think, right, coaches, the, the, and I've done the same thing. So I'm not like, oh, I'm super pro. That's not what I'm saying. Here's an example. I want to work on X in a stroke. And I start going down and we explain it. And, they, and the student, my student gets it. They're like, okay, I understand this. And they start working on it. But I see three other things in the length that's wrong yeah. in what should happen. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, so then I'm like, oh, but this is not going right. So then I'm like, you know what have you added this to that? So your internal commentators, the coach is buzzing. My, yeah, mine. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, but I can see that this, and I start seeing like everything that, that, that could make it get better mm-hmm. faster. <laughs> get good quickly. Right. So, okay. So I need you to go, let's say the serve. Okay. So what you're going to do is you're going to push with your legs, rotate your hips, your shoulders going to move up. So wait, why do you, but what do you think the emotional impetus or the intellectual impetus is for you at that moment to want to get, better faster because I want them to really enjoy the game the way I enjoy it for me at least but so but you do realize that no 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 I'm not trying to no, insult I know, you. I know I know I know go I <laughs> you know do realize that I know what what you've the the way you've been able to get to that level is with thousands of hours I of, know there's right there's there's the stupidity in it I'm like yeah, I mean, I know I, I spent... It's not stupidity. You forgot yes! that you didn't put into context and forgot that in order for you to get this skill, like you erased all of that, right? We were, we were talking about... I don't about, remember crawling. We, we were I talking don't about, remember crawling right, we were talking all. about people. We were talking about people and kids and people who don't have kids and the, or people who have had kids, but the kids are now much older and they've forgotten what it's like to be around the little kids and they've erased it. So when the kids misbehave, they're like... Oh, why my son never acted like that. My daughter was a lot better behaved. But so you, I just want to, I didn't want to distract us, but you kind of erased that little portion of your memory that, that, oh, for me to get that stroke that I'm now teaching this student, uh, that's right, it did take me a long time. It took me 5,000 serves pronating my wrist to get that one element of it. Right. And I did that mm. a lot. Right. Right. That was like, right. And then I had to add the next thing for 5,000 serves. And then the next, and then, oh, look, 20,000 serves later, I got a good serve. So can I, can we just say that it's not, so there's this commentator, but now I'm getting this feeling that the commentator sort of mutates at that moment. And it mutates, it splits into commentator slash um, designer slash um, I'm you. I don't know how to say it. I'm you. Right? So in Oh, like words, I become the <clears throat> student? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Oh, yes. Is Hit that it. right? Hit it. Should I all no, the way? No, no, or just all a the par- way. Okay. <laughs> a partial. So isn't that kind of you become the student? Isn't that that what happens? Is boom, you got it. Oh no, hit the yellow one. Oh no, I 
Okay. The crowd no, goes wild. But it's not that I knew the answer either. Oh. But that, yes, I think I take into account, oh, I see what's going on with you, i.e. me, because I figured it out. You're the puzzle that I figured out. And like, I try to put the puzzle, except you don't know where the pieces of the puzzle are, <laughs> right? I can see the entire puzzle now biomechanically on you. But when I say your right hand, you keep raising your left. Wrong puzzle piece. So then what's the first thing I got to do? Get you to find the right puzzle piece. But I'm already putting the whole puzzle together. It's kind of like what you do, you've said you do when you have been away from tennis for whatever it is, three, four, five, six days, and you've been away, and now all of a sudden you're teaching again, but you're, um, you're awkward. You're making mistakes that had you been on and teaching every day, it just wouldn't happen. It automatically happens. Yeah. And now you're you're aggra- you're frustrated and you're aggravated and you're like, where is this wrong? And then you you're dissecting, but because you're dissecting at a sophisticated level because you've been teaching for so long and teaching so many and been on the court and played so many hours, you're able to biomechanically sort of figure it out, take it apart, figure it out, and do it. And then correct it and be like, oh right. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Versus a newbie who doesn't have all that experience, who is not you. But I know where the puzzle piece is. Oh, I don't think I'm setting my wrist on this. Or, oh, I'm... I'm I but mean, you know my, what that my, means. My it's not just know where to find the piece. You know what that puzzle piece means. And, and where it fits. Right. So when you say, I like, we, in a weird way, it's You're like... becoming the student. It's like, it's almost, it's like... Um, Transference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when the, you, it's, what is it? Um... Freaky Friday, when you like switch bodies, it's almost like, oh, I see it. And I, psychologists I can, call this projection. I'm projecting that I'm you now, and look, this is how it. That's that's what a pro's like. Look, it's like this, <laughs> and then they show you. No, but that's, and I, I don't think we're doing it to be like. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing because it's, this, it's a sophisticated movement that an unsophisticated, unskilled player is not prepared to execute in the manner in which you're executing it. The manner in which you're executing it is a very... Okay, so this is what's really hard with coaching. You you can look at somebody, and as you're trying to figure out, okay, how is this? how do the puzzle pieces fit? Then when you see it, you're like, there it is. There it is. There's the picture. That's where all the pieces go. And then you realize we're only going to be working on the one corner for the next six months because they cannot rotate their upper body. It's never gonna happen right now. They, they, they're they struggling with it. And then you have to stay engaged. And I think to take that, you have your internal commentator where you're talking to yourself like, I wanna figure this out for them. I want them to get better. And I want them to get the game like I get it because I love it. But then they're not gonna get the puzzle put together in your time frame. So then you have to turn off your internal commentary. Like, why aren't they getting this? Or how can I not explain this correctly? What am I not doing that they can't understand this? And maybe it's not that they can't understand it. They understand it. The brain body, tennis rockers, rock my brain, rock my body. Right. The brain body connection isn't there. So let me give you an example. Let me give you an example from our training. So we have we use different cones. We'll use colored cones, but we also use numbered cones. And one of the things that I have the kids do is I want to establish that brain body connection. So I'm like, I have numbered cones. So I'm like, okay, there's on, we'll just say, I, I have it read left to right. So it's the opposite of what that was. So it's reads what they're looking at. So they're on that side of the court as they're looking left to right, the cones are numbered one, two, three, and then four, five, six. And I create an alley so that I don't get nailed. And I try to do down the line and then I flip them. So this is just down the line practice. But before they they strike, I say, this is very important for you to create a, a brain body connection and coordination. I'm like, I need you to call out the number right before you strike. Now kids, because they get frustrated, are like three, 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 three. Uh, no, stop, stop. Just before you strike the ball, you're that millisecond you look at it, you're about ready to strike it. I need you to think three, and then send it there. Not three, 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 or hit three. <laughs> I don't. So 
it's and and that just to create that we're not there and we've been working on this and that's <laughs> i'm just that, saying that's a that's mm. right so in that well, let's break that down in that there's the hit the ball to a numbered cone okay so that would be one piece so that would start as hey bomber I want you one to hit, piece of the puzzle here. <laughs> I want you to hit to cone three down the line right now with a backhand. Hold on. <laughs> right. What, you did it yourself. Did you did it yourself. I just added something. What do you want to, what do you hmm. want to hit? That's what I always do. Yeah. I want to hit a slice. Okay. I great. Hit, no, no. First I say, well, well, no, what no, number no, do you want to hit? No, no, no. Hold on. I'm right. But I'm doing mine. I'm taking your, doing my lesson. Oh, right. Okay. What stroke do you want to hit? I want to hit a backhand slice. Okay. Okay, great. Um, can you hit to number five? Okay, I'm gonna toss. You, I'm gonna toss you the ball. So wait, I gotta stop you. Yep. So let's say they say a backhand slice, but what's going on in your head? Stop right there. Let's freeze frame it. Go slow mo. What's going on in your head? They say a backhand slice, but you think to yourself, "What?" Man, I really want to take that as a forehand. <laughs> okay, <laughs> with Thompson, okay. So you're, so you're a bit of a designer. You're a bit of a designer at that point. Now wait, a bit of a director, a movie director. That's a better. That's a better. You're better. Of a, you're better. You're a movie director. But aren't you also thinking something else about their stroke? Yes. Hold on. What are you thinking? He doesn't have a backhand slice. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I want. That's what I. So guess what just happened? That's, it just turned into a backhand slice lesson. I mean, okay. So so you can do one of two things here. This is this is what's really hard. So he goes to hit the backhand slice, and he frames it. And you realize, oh, well, he's using his forehand grip on that. Framing for people who are listening is you hit the frame. Not the straight spot. The straight, yeah. right. And so then you're like, okay, there's a backhand slice issue. Do we now? Now, here's the hard part. If he's engaged in the backhand slice, and I say, well, you know what? We're not there on the backhand slice. Do you mind if we approach this as the forehand? Now, if they're open to, because I'd like to try this drill. And he's like, no, but I got it. But it keeps going. You can see the processing keeps leaning towards the slice. You're done. Cone drill over, new lesson, slicing. You got to take that puzzle piece that you wanted to work on, put it to the side. And now, because that's what his processing is leaning towards. Because what you're going to hit is this level of frustration on, Wait, but, but, I have to stop you. It's not just his processing. It's his internal psychological will. He wants, he has a will to do that. A will to know. We keep going. A will to conquer that stroke. Because that's what he wants to do. And if you override that at that point, he'll do it. And his internal commentator will come on and be like, well, geez, you know, I don't really want to disagree with Soli. I mean, he's, he's got my best interest at heart. And I, I just, I, I, I really, mm, I, sh I, I should just, he, he thinks I should work on, he, he thinks I should work on that. Or I'm reading his body language and he's not happy. Go ahead. Now he's, he's worried, happy. Now he's he's worried about the coach's reaction, not actually what he's supposed to be focused on. That's his internal commentator Correct. coming in. And you've built this relationship, the will to connect. And he wants to, at some level, please you because he wants to get the best out of you because the best out of you gives the best out of him. And he's thinking to himself, well, geez, maybe I should do what the coach tells me to do or he wants me to do or he seems like he wants me to do because it would be in my best interest. But, but he's not saying that to you. <laughs> no, but in that internal co uh, commentator, let's say he's amenable to, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll try the forehand. But his brain is split where, and this, ready? where if he hits it, so he's like, okay, I'll do the forehand. But you can tell, and this is what's hard, right? That he, in his brain, he's still thinking, I want to get that slice. How do you, how do you identify that? This is really hard. So I would ask a student like, are you, are you still thinking about the slice? I am. You know what? Let's table this. Let's go to the slice. This is fine. Because now we're empowering him to work on what he finds interesting. And by doing that, you will, in effect, help them start to be okay with the struggle because they need to struggle through this stuff. And now you've taken down the emotional, the internal barrier 
to pursue this. But also you're not disappointing me. You're not just because I came in with something. You don't have to feel like, hey, I'm, I'm sorry if I derailed what you wanted to do. I don't I don't think that. But but let's say he he, he did do the and he's like, no, 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 it's totally fine. And becomes engaged in the forehand that is there getting to the five cone. And then you're like, okay, so let's say now he hits the five cone consistently. So that's actually done. Check. That's part of what I wanted to work on getting the ball there. He seems comfortable with the forehand. This is great. Then, then you say, well, part two is now I want you to decide what number you're going to hit to. I'm not going to tell you anymore. So I'm going to feed you the ball, but then you've got to do that. But so then they start doing that. Let me finish. So then what if they couldn't hit the five at all and you're taught and you're calling the cone number and they start getting really frustrated you're not going to get to that other piece where you want them to make the decision because now they've got to figure out the five factors, height, depth, speed, spin, and location of a ball and what, and, and what they're going to add to it to get it to go to three, four, and five. So that's going to be a piece of the piece of that one puzzle that you wanted to put together. So I would argue, I would sit there and say, if you're going to approach a lesson, and you know that this is coming your way, I would suggest that, especially because we're talking about the internal commentator and the will to get people to do what they want it to, 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 to really push into and develop that mastery of that one thing, you've got to propose at the beginning without overcomplicating them, listen, we're going to do this exercise. We're going to do it from two approaches. One is what I think you should work on, and two is what you'd like to work on. So if you could sit there and say, okay, so they've got in the back of their head going into this because otherwise what's happening is you're creating all this internal resistance, right? Because you're in this lesson and there's this weird thing where it's like, you know, <clears throat> I'm paying this money. I'm here with this coach. He clearly knows tennis. He has seen me play. He's got my best interest at heart. He's going to make me the best tennis player in the world. I'm just saying, and no, that's not true, but I'm saying from their standpoint, they're thinking he's going to make me the best tennis player. You're thinking you got to make you <laughs> to the best tennis player, but he's thinking all that. So he's got this internal commentator that's going on. So when there's the chance, that's why you want to set it up. I think at the beginning with, listen, we're going to do this. Cause this is what I, what I, as the pro, as the expert, as the, whatever think that this is what you should be working on in your development. You've been with me now for X number of months, weeks, months, years. And I think this is what you should be working on. But I also want to give you in the same context, something that you, that you want to work on, that you have the will to want to work on. Right. So it gives them the space, the emotional space, because we always talk about the intellectual space. But I think it also gives them the emotional space to be like, Oh, in other words, that you're tapping into what's really we're talking about here is their intrinsic motivation. And we'll talk about this in another episode, but really, and you and I kind of flirt with this all the time when we talk about motivation, but you know, there's external motivation of the coach standing there. And I don't want to hijack this commentator concept, but there's the external motivation of the coach standing there and you want to please the coach and the coach, you know, it's the carrot and the stick, but then there's the internal motivation, which is the will that someone has to actually pursue that, whether they're ghost stroking in between or whatever they're doing. That's demonstrating, and you should recognize that that's that intrinsic motivation. They're intrinsically motivated to work on that slice. They're intrinsically motivated. They're like, oh, I want to work on this slice. Even if they're not there, they're nowhere near there. You as a coach should recognize that and be like, that will propel them. But I can still do my coaching thing on the on the other stuff. You know what? And actually, I don't think that's hijacking this. Um, th there's two concepts I want to talk about real quick. So so the one you just said, the uh, intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation, this is why I'm not a big fan of parents actually watching sports, uh, watching their kids play sports, especially at a younger age, because they tend to look, they're always looking up, especially like in a tennis class, right? And I get, it's cute. No, don't get me wrong. It's hilarious, right? When you watch five, six, six-year-olds or four-year-olds playing, it's, it's just, it's really cute and it's fun. But they're all looking up to see if their parents are watching. So what's happening is you're inadvertently hijacking the intrinsic interest that could come mm -hmm. 
from, and also from us building a relationship as a coach, building a relationship with your child, right? So if they're constantly looking for your approval up, they're splitting their their attention now between the coach and what's happening there and the parent up in the window or on the side. Same with like a soccer game. How about you just let them play for the intrinsic value of playing the game, not because you're going to, mom or dad are going to watch me, right? And that's, that's like kind of like that thing, like I'm on stage now and I'll get attention because I'm playing this sport. So if I play the, a sport, my parents will pay attention to me and come watch me. And I think that's unhealthy versus we're going to drop you off and go do it. And I think that's why I'm not a, I don't watch my kids. Even when I take Mighty M to the skate park, I circumnavigate a little bit. It's his time. It's his space. And I want him intrinsically motivated by the, the concepts and all the concepts of skateboarding and the technique, which has nothing to do with me. But like, yay, baby, way to go. You're brilliant. Like, okay. But he already knows I love him. He already knows I spend time with him. This is his time to become intrinsically motivated. So there's that extra. So if you want somebody intrinsically motivated, which you need to focus on something and process, but you add an element of pleasing the coach, that's the same thing as the parent watching the kid, splitting the attention. So if you're worried about- But a coach in the middle of a lesson can't walk away. Correct. So you have to create the dynamic of what do you want to work on? I had some, I had some ideas based on what we did last time, or maybe you could give me something when you came, what were you feeling? And they're like, you know, I don't really know. Well, may I suggest this, you know, and extending through the shot more, we work on extension. Are you okay with that? Oh, that, that sounds great. Can we try that? And then 15, 20 minutes in, I'm going with a private lesson here. Hey, are you cool with the way this is going? You know, I, I actually, I do. I actually like this. Great. How do you think it's going? Check in um, and let them know I'm okay moving on. And also with that, now I want to come back to the internal, external commentator. If, you're, if we're a coach that's constantly bombarding them with information, and we understand that linking links or putting puzzle pieces together are uh, could be difficult for people. And and listen, there are some people that they're not gifted athletes. Their brain body connection is quicker. They get the jokes faster, right? It's not you tell the joke and like a day later, like oh, that was actually pretty funny. Now I get it. It takes some time to process, but. We have to, as coaches or as educators, not bombard them with external commentary because if we want them to be intrinsically motivated to folk, to fix the piece that needs to be fixed to get to the other puzzle pieces, what we're doing is basically just bombarding them with information and distract. We're yelling from the sidelines all this stuff and they have this idea that, wait, but I really like this person. I don't want to disappoint my coach. It's it's like this messy soup where we're just we're throwing in ingredients without really thinking about the ingredients that we're throwing in. So you have to pare back as much as you can. I think first you have to be aware, self-aware and also aware of the circumstances that are surrounding the students the students' interaction with what's going on. <clears throat> because and, and somebody would say, well, <laughs> you should be able to tune that out. Well, yeah, in a perfect world, you should be able to. But let's assume that you, you're not able to tune that out. So you got to kind of pare back this stuff. Because if you don't, it's, there's all these distractions. And then all of a sudden, they're not, they're not in the moment. They're not really enjoying any of it. And I have to say this, because I think it was, this struck me when you said it. You said, you know, what do you want to work on? And then people should rec coaches should recognize that if they've got nothing to say, <laughs> when you ask them what they want to work on, that's a bad sign. That's a sign that they're not engaged at all or, or motive or intrinsically motivated or, or motivated to be here. 
They're just like, I don't know. What what should we? Yeah, that sounds good. Let's hit. And then they start feeling good. Now, can you build off of that and create more intrinsic motivation? Absolutely. You can create more intrinsic motivation in the sense like, you know, well, hey, you're really good at that stroke. Um, you know, but I think there's some things that could we could change if you're interested. But you tell me, do you want to do that or or do you want to try this other exercise that I had? Now, they already might be in the groove, and so that might be a sleight of hand that they pull on you because they go, oh, no, yeah, let's try. Let's keep working with this. I like this. I like this does not mean I'm intrinsically motivated to really learn, self-learn, and self, self-motivate. self A good question to ask, I think. Hey, can I ask a question? Do you, do you think about tennis outside of here? Well, not really. I'm really busy. Right. Wait, you're too busy to even think about it? Translation, they're just killing time. And and I think for as coaches, right, I get you need to make money. Believe me, <laughs> I need to make money. Um, but wouldn't you be happier as a coach with students that really appreciate what you're bringing to the table? And they're going to really appreciate you because they're intrinsically motivated, not just to learn the greatest sport ever, but they're intrinsically motivated to get their butts to you to coach them. There's something, so you did make that connection, and now you're serving them in a way that they want you to serve them, right. and they need you to. If you wanna be a little bit trickier, you could sit there and say, before you ever start, you just say, hey, last week's lesson, what was the most important thing to you? that we covered. What did you? I just asked somebody that. I don't need. I just, I just oh, you asked, did? Oh, you did my lesson. Yeah, I said, hey. Um, Look at that. Wow. Well, I say, hey, do you remember? Because I I'm, didn't even expect I'm getting. Re- I'm getting ready to cut somebody loose, if you want my honest okay. uh, yeah. comment here. I have somebody that I'm like. So let's have the background, roughly. Uh, how long have they been with you? Off and on for a year. Okay. There's like pockets where we do a few months. Okay. And. I'll ask her, and this is like the third time. Hey, do you remember? Uh, Why do you think that they chose you? I'm just curious. I think I think I'm just I'm patient. Okay. I think they need patience. Okay. And, I, and I'm creating. Right, so we need to get to this also. I account for the. I account for her need for processing. Right. So I'm creating the space for that, and I can recognize the thinking face which we've talked about. Everybody has like a thinking face and that's the processing face of the thing that you're working on. But when I ask her the next week, hey, do, do you remember what we, what was the most important thing we really focused on last week? Remember where, where we really need to pick up from? Uh, no, can you remind me? No, can you remind me <laughs> means you didn't think about it one iota until seven days later. And now this has happened on three occasions. And guess what? She's not getting any better. So it's not working. And that doesn't mean I'm a bad coach. Doesn't mean she's a bad person. There's some external pressure there that she feels a need to kind of phone it in to be there. And there's no, I'm not seeing like, is she, is she a kid? Or yeah, she, she's a teenager. Oh, she's a teenager. Okay. Teenager. So in this instance. Right. Yeah. So, so it could be connected to, well. A parent, uh, a parent possibly. Or whatever. Or, or yeah. peer pre- yeah. Well, I need to have a sport. This is my, so, this is some of my right. social connection. Right. Right. There's a lot of, a lot of kids these days that they use their sport because they're overscheduled as their social connection. Right, And then what happens is these parents create these pockets of, oh, my friends are all part of the hockey team or all my friends are part of the soccer team or the football team. So then there's this added pressure. Oh, wait. And the kids have told me this. This is not not me just assuming. Kids have told me I feel feel a little bit of pressure because we hang out with all these people. So if I stop playing, my parents won't have any, quote, unquote, my parents won't have any friends. Now think of that. A kid is walking around at, 13, 14, 15, 16, thinking that. So that's, that is an internal commentator with external motivation, good or bad. Yeah. Right. With try and they're phoning. Well, I got to go to my practice because I need to stay good enough that I can at least keep this going. Right. And I think of more 
even though they're not that's fascinating seriously no this that, is that they're, even though they're that's not they, even though they're not really that interested but they're doing it for another they're doing it for a um another reason and i guess it's the most charitable interpretation of that it could be, be like wow they're thinking of their parents that's wonderful how empathetic <laughs> but at a certain point it's like well actually no i mean they're doing it because their parents have kind of obviously let them know that right it's actions though the kids people pick up know. on actions though right right and so this girl i have to i'm t i'm gonna have a conversation with her next lesson of and we uh, got to do a separate episode of how you let, let people go because I think you're a I think you're a master of it. But you're going to have a conversation that Did it's you, it's me, not you. Conversation, the breakup conversation. I don't. You're a master at it. I'm, I'm not because a you haven't been fired. This is good. You haven't been. No, I mean, you've 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 re, you've maintained gainful employment at the same facility for years, and you haven't been fired. So clearly, I assume. Well, I, I think what I'm doing is. I think what I'm doing is I'm I'm bringing to light what she's already thinking. Do you find her another boyfriend, or do you just? Uh, I think I'm gonna let her off the hook. I'm gonna ask her like, I'm getting the vibe here. Here's what I would say. Right. I'm getting the vibe from you. That you really don't find this interesting. That that you're you don't really love. Do you? I would say, are you doing? Do you think about this by yourself when you're alone? Do you think about tennis? I can already tell you the answer is no. Okay, and I'd be shocked if she says yes because she doesn't practice, right? You just it's. And then I would say I feel like you'd rather be doing something else. Then I'll suggest like, do you like reading? or whatever and let's say she just well i do and i'd say i only think you should do things you love to do and then i'll bring ready here we go tennis rockers can i tell you that do you, do you <laughs> then know? you take her online to the bookstore yeah. yeah let's look at some books here on my phone we're at barnes and noble i would suggest what do you like oh <laughs> <laughs> no actually you know what but if you like tell your parents i'm happy to read aloud to you in this hour right I'm, which is equally as beneficial but that you'll actually probably enjoy better. It's a very expensive reader. Yeah. And, and I'll do some character voices for you, right? Because I could do that. But I would suggest then, I would bring into my personal life that, here we go. I have two loves, tennis and music, things I like to do. I think about them all the time. I find them highly interesting. I'm intrinsically motivated, and I would use that. I've, I've used that actually. I'm intrinsically motivated by them. And... I think you should find something that makes you happy. And I said, you know what? I feel like you're just killing time. And I said, and I will say, life is too short to kill time. So, and I said, and I have said this, I'm happy to talk to your parents about this if you'd like to. And I've done that in the past also where I've had somebody, where I've called the mom. I said, she doesn't like tennis. You're kidding. I'm like, no, she's doing because she thinks you want her to play. What does she like to do? She wants to act. Your mom said that to yeah. you? And I go, she wants to act, but she doesn't want to, she's scared to tell you. Right. Years later, I ran into the girl and she's like, I, I'm so happy you said that because um, I joined the, um, the thes with the, like, yeah. we called it maskers. I forget what they called it. Um, she went to a different high school and she was like, I, I loved it. And then I got into running. And so she like did acting and running. And this is when she was in like a freshman in college. Right. Right. But, but the, the, the connection between, I was still a coach, just a life coach at that point. Right. So this is interesting. Your internal commentator was like, this is not working or she's not whatever her internal commentator is, is, she's probably thinking about other things while she's doing it because she's not retaining anything and she's not really interested in it and it's blocking. You could go on like this if you were a different person for a year, two years, if depending if they keep paying, they keep paying. But for you, your internal commentator is like, I got to have more than this. I got to have somebody who is because I'm extrinsically motivated mm -hmm. to have students that really want to connect to this. Oh, well, I'm both <clears throat> right. Right. 
No, I think it's you're intrinsically motivated because if you're extrinsically motivated, your boss would say, "Oh yeah, you got to keep these people." Oh right, right, at that's all right. Yeah, costs. And if you keep right. these people, we'll give you a bonus, <laughs> right? Oh, right, right. That's but the you're, money part. You're like, no, I don't I, care. <clears throat> I don't care I that she's need... in... no. I, let's put it a different way because that makes you sound like a cold, calculating Long Island New Yorker. I but anyway, <laughs> so, but, but, but 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 I digress. <laughs> I you care more about the intrinsic motivation. That's okay, really yes. you care more about that than you care about the external the external. So, but I didn't want to get away from this. So, in the lesson, if we take us back here, in the lesson <clears throat> where we go back to this example of hitting the cones and we digressed for a minute there, but we go back to this and the student is wanting to work on their slice, but you have got to shut off your internal commentator and be like Listen, they have a will to want to do this, will to conquer that, even if they are terrible at it. This is what they want to work on, right? And then you have to sit there and sort of strike the devil's bargain. Like, I, I know all the pieces that are missing, but I can't. I, can't. I got to put them aside and I'm going to. Do you know why this is important too? Yeah. Because with our schooling system, everything's, at least from what I'm getting from my kids, everything's broken down like 20 minutes to a half an hour. And it's dictated by many different systems on why they're doing that, what they have to accomplish. So there's not a lot of control from the actual student itself. This, I think with tennis, there is a rare opportunity to guide your own destiny and your own interest. If you find tennis interesting, you can guide your lesson with your coach. So instead of a coach where tennis guides, right? Let's just call them tennis guides. And you're, we're allowing you to process the way you process, not being told how to process. We're saying we're going to work with you on how you process. We want to work on the things within the context of the sport, what you want to work on to develop your game and your style. And we want to help you do that which is a lot, so that's coaching with. That's guiding with right. somebody, and we're leading you to water. That's sort of Montessori-like, but then there's the other, which is what we're experiencing in the public sector, which is more traditional, which is you're experiencing it at, the, at clubs where you're coaching at. Right, right. But, I, but I think other sport, and again, I can't speak to, to group sports because I'm not that coach, but it's kind of like, here's the system for the group versus you don't ask the group, the soccer team, hey, girls, let's all pull it in. How do you all learn? <laughs> right. And how do you think practice should go right. today? So you have to reorganize to a certain degree these groups, these people. You have to break it down into smaller groups, you know, because like, and, and we won't get into it because I don't want to digress too much, but there's a book. Um, I think it's called pre-wired and it was written by a tech guy who is basically like, listen, we need to go into education three Oh, we need to be away from project-based learning and we need to sort of sculpt this to each person's individual needs. But here's the thing with all that. People are going to be like, that's crazy. It's going to take resources and all sorts of, listen, by doing that and doing some basic analysis, and figuring out how people learn. So if you take that soccer team or you take that group of people and you okay, well, how do these people learn? You're going to find groups within those groups that you can break people back into. And I have seen, right? yeah, well, I live in a park and I have seen, and they do a great job in this, when they do the three on threes, I've seen that out in the park too. And I don't know, and I don't know. I, I'll go ask this summer. I'll, like, no, I'll, but what I'll I'm ask. saying is, is that you could sit there effectively and say, okay, um, I don't think it's a pipe dream. And I don't think it, in other words, you could sit there and say, you could take a soccer team of 20, I don't know how many is that a soccer team, but the point is, is that like break it down and figure out, okay, of these 20 people, these four learn this way or approach that, No, but that's what I was saying about the three on three. Oh, right. What okay. I'm saying is, I think they may be culling through and saying, okay, these six are kind of in this cohort, right. this group of where they're at. We're going to have them play each other over here and we'll have a coach. And I don't think it's really broken down. I don't know. We have to look into this. And I, know, I'd love yeah. a, so a real soccer coach to call that it's like a club and then they're going to separate everybody out. But I out. have a question. Is it at that point, and you don't know the answer, but 
is at that point, is it based more on their, what they're lacking or what their ability is? Cause there's two, that's two oh, entirely that's, different oh, things. Oh, like, maybe like, Oh, sorry. You're in group C. Right. You're, <laughs> right. So you're going to play, but there's not actually like T helping the, oh, let me say this. Yeah. Cause I want, I'm processing now. Taking the six kids, you're going to play a three on three and you guys all learn in a similar way. And we're going to work you towards moving up to group a so we can get you to the, be the best you can be uh, as players versus yeah, you guys are not that strong. So you're on, you're on the C group and you're just going to play down there and then we'll just monitor the game. So we're not working with you. We're kind of putting, you're like an, uh, uh, an outlander. Right, you're you're someone that's on the side because you're not good enough to be up here. But we're not really working with you to get that good. So we'll keep you in Group C until you lose interest, and then eventually you'll quit. But that's okay because we have a funnel of kids coming in all the time. So basically, we have like A, B, and C, and then eventually you're, you were in A. Eventually, no, you're not that good. Now you're in B. Now you're in C, and then so we're not bringing people up. <laughs> we're just we're letting them separating fall. the wheat from the chaff that, right okay but may, that's different than than yes than, that's sport that's different than school school's whole thing is this like safety net we're not gonna let anybody slip through that safety net at all costs there is the school that is their if eyes i found out from my kids in school that is their one one of their driving missions is no no child left behind nobody will slip through that crack no one that's their overarching goal. That's great. But then we don't go past that. And the people say, well, that's what accelerated classes are for. That's what gifted classes are. No, that's not. Those people in those classes are very few. <laughs> that's a very small, if you have a gifted child, a truly gifted child, they're few and far between. They're like one in 10,000 or more where they are just truly gifted or they have some little, little tick in their brain that they can allow them to do this. That's a rarity. So there's everybody else <laughs> that's struggling and it's normal. The human condition is to struggle. This is something new. We didn't all get out of the womb and start walking there. I mean, I watched my kids walk. I'm sure you did too, where you're like, you know, they waddled and they, you know, they got up and they keep pushing and they keep doing all this stuff. They struggled, but we didn't diagnose them immediately and say, well, you're taking too damn long to learn this <laughs> crawl the walk thing. So you're going into group C, <laughs> right? Isn't that, I mean, Hey, Hey, we need to get you a walking coach. Hey, right. Eight, eight nine months. No, where's the no, walking coach? No, no, no. We're going to get you. We're going to get you the, either the balanced bicycle or we're going to get you a little kid walker because <laughs> you can't, because you can't, you can't walk. We're going to enable you with crutches or whatever, whatever. What is that walker thing? They give the old people with the tennis balls in the bottom. It's, we're going to give you that. So it's you can a learn. walker. <laughs> it's a, a walker kid thing. walker, a kid walker. But do you see what I'm saying? So I think we, I, well, I think we're, we're, we're joking, but I, we're not. So we can, you, this just takes some thought like, okay, how do these people learn? And, is are these things like the internal commentator in the way of the learning and then also combine that with what are they really interested in right what are they interested in learning and how are they interested in your case where you mentioned the teenager she's not interested in any of it and anytime you make a suggestion and you say would you like to work on this she grabs onto it like she <laughs> she grabs onto it like she hasn't eaten in 3 days and it's the first ham sandwich she's got she'll take it even though she doesn't like ham and and that's not good either because then as a coach, you're just assuming, well, you know, she's there and it's working and whatever. And that's okay for some coaches. She could stay with them for three, five, seven years. And that's okay. It's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. We're not, we're not trying to preach and say that's wrong. We're just trying to say that for to, we're trying to, we love the sport. And if we're trying to develop a love for it and coaches to love their job and students to love learning and with being with those coaches, you're spending time with somebody. Yeah. Life is too short to spend it with people you don't like or, or not even don't like you don't connect with. Like I will make a decision if there's a coach that I'm kind of looking at, I will, I will make a decision if they're not, 
I would rather have somebody who was a good person than a great player. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, I want them to be a good player, but I'm saying I would rather have them also first be a good person because I realize they're going to have an impact on my kid. Right? And absolutely. That's, that's absolutely. A, that's a huge uh, So thing. I think we should wrap this up, but I want to go yeah. with, we had, we talked a lot about internal commentator. Yeah. External commentator. Right. Intrinsic motivation. Mm-hmm. And then a coach being able to turn off both their internal and external commentator so you're not bombarding your student with information if they are processing But I think the biggest piece that we uncovered here, the biggest piece was the coach projecting onto the student and how we have to be careful of that when we're doing it. Because you're a highly skilled trained professional who knows this precise movement or the correction for that movement, the puzzle piece. And they're, even if they've been playing for a while, they're nowhere near that. And it's going to take them thousands of hours. So have a self-awareness that yes. And when they're not getting it, have a patience and and break it down. Right. And then also if they're, if they become intrinsically motivated towards something that's actually not with your agenda, right. Then let that go. Let that, that, let that dominate the lesson, not your agenda. And don't be afraid because at the end of the day, even if you've got a parent payer and they're like, well, where, where is this going? I don't understand. We're all over the board. He wants to do this and you want him to, and it's, we, we seem like we, you know, you have to let it go and be like, well, yes, I would like to do this, but your son or daughter really wants, or you really want to do this. And I think for the benefit of that, let's let that play out over time and we'll see what happens. Right. I mean, let's just let it play out. I mean, and, and, and not be afraid to let it play out and then let it play out. And then eventually they may come back and say, okay, I think I'm done. I'm think I'm good with this for now. I, I think I need the space to process this and I'm not, I don't want to work on this anymore in the lesson. And that's okay. Through time, they'll process that and then you can bring them back to something that you wanted to work on as the coach that you think what you've seen in them that they it's a deficiency whatever it is you want them to work on right i mean that's but you got to have the awareness of that and be willing to mix it up and not be afraid that it may derail your planned lesson your check the box planned lesson you you can't be afraid of that you just have to be like this is where we're going with it because and we're afforded as coaches the luxury of not being held to state standards that we have to meet right. within a certain amount of time. Right. So like, that's what I was going to say earlier. Students are given the luxury of lear- we We should give students the luxury right. of learning how, how they learn and process on the court. Yeah. It's one of the rare opportunities in a, in a individual sport that we need to do a better job, myself included, yeah. We need to do a better job on allowing students to be the kind of student that they need to be in order to learn. And I think that that will, even if they don't love tennis, if they get some of that on the court, it might change them to love tennis. Wait, I was just going to say, it'll bring out joy in them. Right, in a weird way, like, I don't know if I really like the game, but I, I kind of like this... I have this weird tingly feeling when I leave that like yeah. I kind of felt that this was interesting. Yeah. And and even even if they don't stick with it, right. they now have an experience right. of control of how they learn, of going through something, right? I mean, that's all benefit. In the future and in the future if they're struggling with things in life, Let's say, you know, life throws you curveballs and they're struggling with things in life and they haven't been in tennis in a long time. You know, it's like a hobby that you that you really love, but you never took it that much further. But it's something that you can draw back upon to rebalance yourself psychologically. Oh, yeah. Because you can sit there and say, you know, if things are going tough in your life, whatever, your job, your relationships, whatever, you could sit there and say, you know what, I, you could see the tennis record or you could turn it, whatever, and you'd be like, you know what, I want to go hit some balls. You know, there's a local club over here. I'm just going to go hit some balls. I'm just going to try it and hit some balls. And it takes them out of their, where they're at. There's nothing like getting on a ball machine and just going to get some balls. There you go. It's the best. Hey, man, I think we discovered this projection thing. I think that really rocked my brain. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, it, it wrapped my body. But I, I actually want to do another. I think we should roll into account for processing. Okay. I think that this is really important that Let's we overlook it. this. The, the what we call the account for processing is what I call the thinking phase. Okay. 